Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you that we enjoy all the generosity being called your child brings to us. We thank you for the blood. That blood that took us who we are far off and have brought them near to you. That blood that cleansed us the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That blood that purged us. That blood that cleanses us, we thank you for the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are our shepherd. We thank you that goodness and mercy pursues us every day of our life. We thank you that we can call you Father, and most importantly, that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Wow, we thank God for qualifying us to see another day, for giving us the opportunity to continue to work for Him, because we are still in the day season of our life, and we know that night is coming where we will not be able to work. We start off tonight with our title for a new episode, hopefully to just be a single episode, unless something else happens. <laughs> and our title for tonight's discussion is Pray for Me, Pray for Me. It's a phrase that you hear most often, especially in our setting, where when you are going to church and a neighbor sees you, or maybe a relative who is not going to church that day, and say, like, hey, I'm going to church, and when you go pray for me, <laughs> or when you have an issue that for some reason or the other, you don't seem to find, I don't know whether it's the faith or the energy or the time to pray, and you call your friend actually pray for me, or you go to a pastor, or you go to whoever you go to, often and not with something valuable in your hand, and you go like, pray for me. So it's a topic that I've been thinking about, that why do we constantly have the edge to tell people to pray for us? So let's just begin our little discussion with the pray for me. And I'm sure by the end of our study, we would appreciate why we are looking at pray for me. All through the scriptures, you can decide to summarize the scriptures based on which angle you are looking at it from, of course, but based on the angle you want to look at it into two things, or into one, if I should say, God's relationship with man. So the Bible gives us the journey of how God has been dealing with man right from the first man, or right from the first Adam through to the second Adam <laughs> and to the church. And just summarizing the journey or summarizing what is written now for us, we could clearly see that God is a relational being. God has always been wanting to have a relation with us one way or the other, right from the garden. He could have created us and disassociated himself from us in a way that we would just be like um, a CEO in a big organization and maybe the security officer at the gate or the cleaner. There's really no connection between the cleaner and the CEO. The best that they could go would be Oh, maybe how are you? Then if the CEO is extra nice, you go like, oh, how are you? How is your family? But all through the scripture, we can clearly see that God has been wanting to have a relationship with man. In fact, he has been intruding our lives, if I should, for the lack of better words. But 
no matter how man seems to annoy God, God has always wanted to relate with us. So right from when he created the first man and the woman, he yearned to have a certain form of relation, a certain form of connection, a certain form of communication with that being. And even when sin came in, God still wanted to deal or relate with us. And he came up with so many um, interventions to have a kind of relationship with him, even when we are running away from him. In fact, even when we literally did everything humanly possible to have no form of relation with God, God still wanted to relate with us. And that's what I found very, very interesting. And we just want to read Exodus chapter 19. Now, God had, through Moses, brought the um, Israelites out of bondage, out of Egypt. And this is about the first introduction. It's like God is, or Moses is introducing the people to God and God to the people. And we just want to see how that introduction went. And it just gives us a certain hidden agenda of God. And that's what we want to peruse. Exodus 19, we won't read everything. I'll just take certain portions. Then we go to the verse 20. But let's just read from verse 1. On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. And after they had set up from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai. And the Israelites camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountains and said, This is what I want to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. That's the first thing I want to note. He didn't just deliver them out of slavery because they were suffering, or because they were in bondage but he delivered them so that he could bring them to himself. So yet again, we see that God has been wanting to have relation with us, with people. Verse 5. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all you will be my treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. Verse 6. Look at God's intention for the people that he brought them out. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You would be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So one of the agenda or one of the main reason why God wanted the people out of bondage, aside of course of the promise he gave to Father Abraham, is that he wanted a people who would be a priest and a holy nation unto him. And a priest is simply somebody who serves as a mediator between deity and the people or between their object of worship and those who are rendering their worship. So God is saying that I want you people to be that mediator between me and the world. I want you to have or to be a kingdom of priests. So God's agenda was not looking for just one man to be a priest. God wanted the whole nation to be priests. He wanted the whole nation to approach him. So Moses literally to give them the word that Charlie, hello people, I just came from talking to God's God. And he said that he brought you out of Egypt to bring you to himself. And he brought you so that you'll be a kingdom of priests and that you'll be a holy nation. So because of that, I want to introduce you to him. So please go and get yourself cleaned. 
So that's from verse 9 following. And the Lord, or from verse, listen from verse 9. The Lord said unto Moses, I am going to come to you in a dense cloud so that people will hear me speak with you and will also put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people said. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go to the people, consecrate them today and tomorrow, have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on the third day, the Lord will come on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, etc. So God was simply telling Moses that he wants to meet the people. So tell the people that for three days you clean themselves. And he told them some things to do. One of them which I like the most was that don't sleep with your wife for the next three days so that you would present yourself to me. So then we go to the verse 20, which many of us may be familiar with. So when God approached them, then he gave them the Ten Commandments. So that's from verse 1. And the Lord spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of Savior. You shall have no way that goes. So God was simply telling a challenge. Welcome to my, my company. In the name of my company, the kingdom of priests and the holy nation. And these are our rules of engagement. But let's take note of something that happened in the verse 18. After God has delivered his sermon, he has given them their employment letter and their contact details. Look at what the people said in verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. God has been yearning to come so close to man that even when sin brought a gap between them, God still through sacrifices and other rituals was trying to get close to them. So now he has brought them out of Egypt and he's doing an introduction. And look at how the people are responding to him. Look at what they said in verse 19. And they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we would listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Verse 20. Moses tried the fear of God with you. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. God is yearning to have a certain level of intimacy with these people. He came to introduce himself and obviously <laughs> he came to show them something small. And the people that God wanted for them to be a priest, they are telling Moses that Charlie, we don't want to be hearing from God ourselves. You go and listen to God and come and tell us whatever you say that God has said, we will do it. And it was not just something they said, it's something they did. So the next 11 verse 2, and they stayed at a distance. I don't know why, but there seems to be something about us that makes us not want to get close to God. And we always want people to go to God on our behalf. Pray for me. For some strange reason, we don't want to do the prayers ourselves. For some strange reason, we have a certain mental blockade that makes us, I don't know whether we say disqualify ourselves, or that makes us want people to represent us before God. And right from Exodus, we could clearly see this same syndrome. So I call this the pray for me syndrome. That is the people of Israel. And we could see that through history. So a time came when God, through the prophet, was dealing with the people of Israel. And God was literally their king. But the people are rules and they want to tell Prophet Samuel that we appreciate what you have been doing for us. We appreciate that God has been our king. But we want a king for ourselves like the other people. And Samuel got so angry that ah, God has been doing you fine, 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 fine. He has been your own king. He has treated you well. But yet still, you want somebody to represent you people again. Then Samuel was really bored. Then God told Samuel that, oh, brother Samuel, why are you born? <laughs> it is not you they rejected. It is me that they rejected. And please, 
if they want a king, please give it to them. So someone was really angry, but he went over. And I like one of the things someone told him. He said, you boo, you wanted a king. I'll give you a king. But remember, when I give you a king, you have to be paying taxes to him. He will be bullying you. He will be cheating you. He will be taking your lands. He will be demanding for all sorts of things. People have to work and give him royalties. But the people were so blockheaded and they said, yes, we know, we know. But still, give us a king. So still again, we see that there's something about the human nature where even though God is using every possible means, every possible channel, even though sin created a gap, God himself is fixing that problem just so that we could have a direct relation with him. Yet still, we are going like, pray for me. Go and hear from God on my behalf. Go and speak to God on my behalf. So we have been doing literally everything. And when for about 400 years, God was silent. That's from the book or from the days of Malachi, who was like the last known major prophet <laughs> or the last known recognized prophet. God was seemingly silent for about 400 years. And as though God had finally given up on man. So literally the word of God was shut. God was literally not moving in those days actively. When we thought that God has finally given up or God is finally fed up, then he does what is called a grand entrance. He himself incarnates in man and he says that I am still coming after you. Ah. Just when we thought God had had it with man, we had broken his heart severally and he has tried to come to us and yet still we ran away from him. He sent us Moses. And he was saying that, Moses, you just be that senior man. But I want them to be a priest. I want them to come directly unto me. I want them to offer sacrifice unto me. I want them to have a sort of personal relationship with me because sin had brought the gap. So it cannot be perfect, but it can be something good. God was the king of the Israelites, but they said, no, give us a king. And when we thought that God had had it for 400 years, we thought finally, yeah, we have been able to suck God away from our lives. Then God does the unthinkable. He himself comes in the form of a flesh. And when the angel came to the parents or the foster parents of Jesus, he said something wonderful. He said that his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. God is no longer in heaven giving orders. He is no longer on a temporal mountain, a mountain clouded with darkness, giving strange orders. But now this God has taken on flesh just so that he could have a more personal relation with us. God wants you. God wants to have a personal relation with you. He came to his own, but even his own did not receive him. Yet again, we thought that we could let the guy get fed up. So after 33 years, we were literally fed up with this man. This carpenter, this Jewish Galilee carpenter had been walking and just disturbing us. I think you have had enough of him. Let us just kill him. And the man who did nothing but good was murdered. And just when we thought that the whole story had ended, ah, then he sends his comforter. And now look at the transition. Jesus said that, it's good that I go so that the comforter will come. And this is the good news that when he comes, he's not coming to be like the way I am to you. I'm an external force, but he's come to live inside of you. Hey, ah, 
We thought that when he sent Jesus in the form of flesh, Charlie, that would have been his last card. Just when we thought God had created his final card, he said, you have not seen anything yet. I don't just want to be with you. I want to be in you. So in Colossians chapter 1, when Paul was giving us some interesting mysteries, one of the things he said that this has been the mystery that has been hidden from ages. There was a certain mystery that was hidden, the agenda of God that has been hidden from the age of Adam, the age of Noah, the age of Abraham, the age of Moses, the age of Joshua, the age of the judges, the age of the kings. There's a certain mystery that has been hidden. And what is this mystery? That God in us. Ah. So the songwriter says, Oh, what a reckless love that you keep coming after me. So if you listen to the song, we mostly play at the beginning and at the end. The song where your goodness keeps coming after me. And why is God going through all this situation with you? Yet still, we still say, how close again could God be to you? He has dealt with the same problem. He dealt with it when sin was the main reason why our relationship with God was so distant. He dealt with the same problem. He shed his blood. And now that he has brought us who were once afar, he has brought us close. He has cleansed us just so that he can live in us. So one of the most significant things that happened when Jesus was on the cross, it was that veil that separated the holies of holies to the holy place was torn. The Bible said from top to down. And all that that thing signified was that we can now have access to God ourselves. This is the mystery that has been hidden from ages that God, Christ, in us. But yet, we still keep finding excuses to let people go to God on our behalf. God wants to hear your voice. God wants to relate with you. God wants you to come to him. So even when he brought us Jesus, all that Jesus does is to introduce us to the Father. So because sin brought a gap, so it's as though Maybe somebody is a big man and his son has plenty friends. And one day he say, oh, daddy, these are my friends. This is called Kofi. This is called Jason. This is called James. But they are my friends. But so please, I want to introduce them to you so that when they see you in town, they can come and greet you. That's all that Jesus did. He just introduced us to the Father. So he even said, when he was teaching the disciples about prayer, he says that in that day, you would ask of me nothing. Don't come and ask me anything because I have given you access to the Father. And he said, when you are going to the Father, do not come through me. So even with Jesus, God doesn't want you to go and whisper to Jesus and Jesus will come and whisper to himself. He said, no, no, no. He says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, not through my name. So we don't go and tell Jesus, hello, Jesus, please go and tell God that I need a car. No, God wants you to come to him. So he said, now do not come and talk to me. You can now have direct access to God. All you need is the name of Jesus. God wants to hear your voice. So the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4 that therefore let us come boldly. God wants you to come. God wants to hear your voice. That's why he gave you a distinct voice. God wants to hear your voice. Pray for me. But no matter how God is seeming to bring us closer, we still keep finding reasons not to go to God ourselves. So even though God is living in you, you find it more easier to call people, to pay somebody, to disturb somebody, 
to call a certain man of God, to, to give valuable and talk to God as though those people have God's private number or as though those people have... It's a Christian podcast, let me be disciplined. You know, mostly, mostly in the football, when a coach likes to play a particular player, then you see on social media that some people say, hey, why this player... Has he got some information on the coach that if the coach doesn't play him, he will release that information? <laughs> Nobody has a greater access to God. We all have the same playing field because we are all coming in the name of Jesus. God wants to hear your voice. Let's look at something in Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 11 from verse 7. So God is speaking here again. And look at what God is saying. That for if it had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, there would not be a need for another covenant. So if the first covenant was good, God would not have destroyed it and bought another covenant. And remember, the first covenant was the covenant that the Old Testament, where we have to relate with God through a priest and through so many sacrifices and rituals. One God that you go and talk to, you have to wait once a year before you go and talk to him. And that one, you have to kill animals, clean yourself. Oh, challenge, challenge, challenge. But verse 8, but God found with God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them out of the land to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and they turned away from me, declares the Lord. Verse 10. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds from the least to the greatest. They would all know me. So yet again, you see that this God that he wants everybody to have a personal relation with him. He wants everybody to have the required um, um, protocols and measures to access him because he wants to hear our individual voices. If God wanted a pastor to be praying for you or a priest to be praying for you or whoever to be praying for you, he wouldn't have given you access. And what is the reason of prayer? If prayer is all about answers, we pray for answers. So if God is not going to answer your prayers, he will not have given you the access to come and talk to him. Go to God yourself. Go to God yourself. Because nobody has a greater access to God than anybody else. We are all coming in the name of our Lord Jesus. I think we should just go and read the Hebrews 4. Let's, let's, let's see where it started from. The verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, because now we all have that common denominator, who is Jesus Christ, who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but he was at all point tempted as we are, yet he did not sin. Because of what Jesus had done, because of this high priest, who has given all of us a level playing field. The Bible said, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence, with confidence. God doesn't want you to come and be knocking at the door and be people, hello daddy, can I come? Are you in a good mood? He says, as long as you are coming in the name of Jesus, come boldly, come with confidence, come without any sense in, of inferiority, because now I am a father to you. I have dealt with the same problem with the blood of Jesus. I have cleared away every blockage. You have access to me. Come to God about your finances. Talk to God yourself about your academics. Talk to God yourself about your family. Talk to 
to God yourself. He wants to hear your voice and he has made every resource available so that you can come boldly. And look at what the verse is. He said, we know that there might be an issue of, of sin. He said, that we might receive mercy. Because if you know, he said, oh, because I've done this, because okay, the first thing that you would receive when you come is that you receive mercy. And the next thing, he said, whilst you are receiving mercy, you will find grace because grace is God's help to you. So you may think because of one thing or the other, the first thing that you will do is that you will obtain mercy. And when you don't seem to have the required energy, the Bible says grace is also there. So in God's presence, in God's bedroom, before you think, before you begin to disqualify yourselves, two things are already made available. Mercy and grace. You have access to God. Talk to God yourself. Pray to God yourself. I just, this will help us about prayer. But the two main things that you will need when you're approaching God, of course, is faith. Because of Hebrews 11 verse 6. It says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that what comes to the Father, God wants you to come to the Father. God wants you to come to the Father. God wants you to wake up from your bed and talk to him yourself. Come to the Father. And when you are coming, just know that you are coming to your Father. Know that you are coming to somebody who exists and somebody who rewards. And what is the reward of prayer? Answers. That he that cometh to the Father must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder. So you should know that you have a Father. And this Father is a rewarder. He is not a punisher. He is a rewarder. Not a... a Whichever way you do, he rewards you of your effort of talking to him. Come to God. And the requirement you need is faith, confidence. And what is faith? Total reliance on what the word of God has said. What has the word of God said concerning prayer? Come boldly. Come boldly. Because Jesus has dealt with anything that serves as a blockade. The veil is torn. You now have access to the Father. Come to him. And I know many of us, I think, from my personal history, from my personal observation, the main reason why people like to say, pray for me, is because they themselves know they are not living a good life, or they are not living a right life, or they are not living according to God's word. That's why. And they don't make any efforts to change. They are comfortable, like the prodigal son, <laughs> at the pig's food. They are comfortable eating pig's food. So they look out for people who, on the outward, they think is living a more righteous life than them. And don't tell you that child, when you go to church, pray for me. But that's not God's desire. God wants to hear your voice. So he has made mercy available to deal with the sin problem. He has made grace, which is his help, available to deal with the weakness problem. And he's saying that if only you have full reliance on what his word has said, that will give you boldness to come. And you make the effort to live according to his word. Come boldly. Those are the two requirements you will need basically for an answered prayer. Faith and living according to the word of God. Remember in James 5, the Bible says, for the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man. Jesus also talking about prayer. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask of me anything and it shall be given unto you. Abide in God. But many of us, because we know we are not making any effort to abide in God, we are rather telling God, actually, when you are going to talk to God, add my name on the list. Doesn't mean that we should not ask people to pray for us. Absolutely not. It does not mean that. Because there are seasons in life where you'll be weak in faith because of certain obstacles that are staring at you in the face. But even in such moments, what they're supposed to say is pray with me because you also have access. 
but there are times that you may be overwhelmed with the season of life you are going through and you need somebody to stand with you in prayer even with that one god even made available the holy spirit is it in time of infirmities when we don't seem to have the right words and the energy that the holy ghost steps in and intercedes for us with godliness that cannot be altered ah god has covered everything but he understands obviously sometimes you may still need a human companion then you can go like pray with me and this is why it's important to be consistent in prayer because there may be a season of life you enter to where you would in quote have the time to pray but because prayers never die you have sent for your prayers ahead of you god wants to hear you god wants you to come and talk to him about how you need a new job god wants to come and talk to him about how you need your situation at home to change god wants to hear your voice god told cornelius that your prayers your prayers have become a memorial to me ah when god hears your voice it tickles him because he is your father he wants to hear you say abba father that is why he gave you the spirit he said wherein we can cry abba father that's why he gave you the holy spirit so that you can have the requirement to cry abba father god wants to hear your voice as I was preparing for this podcast, that's the word that God gave me to you. God wants to hear your voice. Talk to him. Talk to him about your academics. Speak to him about your health. Speak to him about your family. Speak to him about your relationship. Because the two things you need is faith. And as you are hearing this word, God through the agency of his word, giving you faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God through the agency of his word is giving you faith that hey brother I want to hear your voice and because you have made the effort to listen to this podcast God is releasing the grace for you to become a doer of the word for you to make effort every day to live to please him and the bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man a man that is living in the righteousness that Jesus has made available to him makes tremendous power available I want us to even spend some time in prayer. When you are overwhelmed, talk to God yourself. Don't pick up don't let the first thing you do is to pick up a phone and call a papa or call a mama or call a pastor or call a prophet. Talk to God yourself. That is why he dealt that's why he has gone through all this rudiment. He has satisfied the demands of justice. He himself became sin for you. He himself incarnated and even when he went he said to somebody to live inside of you because he wants you to talk to him. If God is not going to answer your prayer, like he would be begging us to pray. He says pray without ceasing. He says in all he says pray consistently. He says and Jesus gave a parable to this and men always ought to pray. If God was not going to answer your prayer, he would not be disturbing us to pray to him. He says pray always and in all times and pray all kinds of prayers. God wants you to constantly be knocking on the gates of heaven constantly. If he's not going to answer your prayer, like he won't burden us to pray. He wants to answer. He wants to hear your voice. And all you should be telling people is pray with me. God should be feeling me. And I know that we want to say, oh, but Paul said pray for me. Of course, Paul said pray for me. Not because he's not praying himself. That's what many of us want to do. We want people to pray for us because we ourselves are not doing it ourselves. But that's not what Paul was doing. God wants to hear your voice. So as we as we even bring our discussion to our name. That thing that you have not spoken to God about yourself, but you have told people to do it for you. 
God wants to hear you. Speak to God this moment. Tell God about, God, I know I'm in a fix. I know I messed up with that relationship. I know I made that wrong choice. I know I was playing the buffoonery, and it's costing me. It's costing me. But Father, I come in the name of Jesus. I'm obtaining mercy, Lord. I know the pronouncement of judgment upon my life. But Father, may your mercy overrule judgment upon my life. Speak to God. Speak to God. Tell God that thing yourself. Speak to him yourself. Speak to him yourself. He wants to hear your voice. He wants you to talk to him about your health. He wants he wants you to talk to him about your job situation. How unbearable your job is. How you are going to work. You are not happy. God wants to hear you talk to him yourself. God wants to hear you talk to him about your family, how you want your parents to come back, how you want your siblings to stop playing the buffoonery. God wants to hear you speak to him yourself. And as he sent the angel to tell Daniel that from the moment you began to pray, I heard you. From the moment, this very moment, as you are speaking, God has stopped every cabinet meeting he has and is listening to you because you are his child. This is why he has given you the spirit so that you can cry, Abba, Father. When you are not fixed, cry, Abba, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the gift of access that you have been yearning to have a real and intimate relationship with us. Thank you for renewing our minds through your word. Thank you for reminding us that you want to hear our sweet voices that you give us. We thank you that we have been justified by faith. We have peace with you through our Lord Jesus. And because of this, we have access in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow. Bless God so much. And always be reminded that you have access to God. In fact, this simple truth is what held the church in over a thousand years of darkness. It was when the, the priest at those days took away the Bible from the common and they locked it up. People never knew that they could approach God themselves. So whatever the priest told them to do is what they were doing. So if the priest comes and tells you that I see your neighbor, or I see your son, or I see your husband going to hell, but if you pay 10 shillings or 10,000 pounds, I can bring him back from, from hell. And the people will pay them. And that was only happening because the people did not know they had access to God themselves. But they did, Martin Luther found the Bible and he read Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. And because of Him, by whom we have access to God, we have access by faith into disgrace. There Start and this is what we call the priesthood of all believers. God is looking for a people that will be a kingdom of priests. And I came to remind you that you are priests. So I salute you, Priest Kofi, <laughs> or Priestess Amma, or whatever your name is. I salute you into the priesthood ministry. Talk to God yourself. And remember, even as I'm spending every day you have available, every moment talking to God. Remember to give him your best and to make sure that you owe no man nothing but love. See you next week and remember to talk to God with yourself. Bye bye.